I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to The Tradar, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew, I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a handy faithful. The Tradar features deep dives into every episode of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, The Traitors, as well as interviews with contestants from the shows. This season of the podcast is dedicated to The Traitors Australia Season 2, and today I'll be exploring Episode 3 with a brand new guest co-host. In fact, I'm so excited to introduce him that I am going to skip the TT news for this episode and jump straight ahead. Let's meet him. I am joined today by Mikolai Machkoviak. Mikolai is a journalism student who loves travelling, which you can see on his lovely Instagram page. And Mikolai is preparing to launch his own podcast, Spilling Reality, which will cover various reality TV shows like Survivor, The Amazing Race and The Challenge. Of course, this means that Mikolai is also a big fan of The Traitors. Mikolai... Welcome to the Trader. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I just got back from my time in Poland with my family yesterday, got back to work, and then I started packing for uni today. So it's been a crazy, hectic couple of days. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I, I'm very uh, flattered that you have taken the time to join me on the Trader. So that's just absolutely wonderful. Um, could you tell me a little bit about your... We've spoken online, but... Tell me about how you discovered The Traitors. Like, when did you first watch it and which versions of The Traitors have you seen? Okay, so funny story. I actually discovered it because I was looking for reality TV shows to apply. And this was during season one. 
So I filled like filled out the whole application form, but then I never pressed submit because I thought I'd be too nervous and shy. Aww. And then when I saw it come on TV, and then when I watched the first UK season on TV, I really regretted like not pressing submit. So that's how I like discovered it, and then I've loved it since. So I've watched the UK one, the US one, and I've not had a chance to watch season one of the Australian one, but I've watched season two so far. Okay, and that I didn't realize that. So, I'm going to try not to spoil anything from Australia season one for you. I'll tr- I'll I'll do my best. I think I think I'll be okay. Um, but you, well, can... I, I, I watched I watched episode one a while ago, but then I had to stop, and then I couldn't get back into it because of uni and stuff. But <laughs> definitely going to try binge it soon. Okay, and you should definitely apply to a future series of the Traitors. You must you must take the opportunity and go with it. I tried again for season two, but didn't work out. But we'll try again next year. We have to try every season until it happens. That's that's what you've got to do. Uh, are you enjoying the season so far? Then you you have obviously watched episodes one and two. How how do you think it's going? Yeah, so I started it like towards the end of my holiday in Poland, and I was really into it. Like my mum would try to make us do activities. I was like, no, I'm going to stay in and binge it. <laughs> Quite right. Uh, Now, before we move on and talk about episode three, we are going to play our game on the podcast, The Trader Traitor. So for anyone listening who isn't sure how the game works, I'm going to explain it. Our goal, Mikalai, from here on in, is to tell one lie to one another. One hopefully undetected lie. The lie can be big or small, it can be about the traitors, it can be about yourself or anything else, as long as it is a complete fabrication. We are looking for fake facts though, not fake opinions. For example, you could lie to me and tell me that you used to have a blonde perm like Ash, which maybe is false. Maybe it's true, I don't know. However, you can't tell me that you think or feel that you don't like Ash's hair, which would be a fake opinion, and also very mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, got it. Okay, are you ready to play the traitor traitor and betray me? Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) In that case, our game of the traitor traitor begins now. And I think we are ready to go ahead and talk about episode three of The Traitors Australia season two. We start off, as we always start off, with a little recap of the previous episode. So we're reminded of a few key things from episode two. We had the silver mission disaster in the boats when one of the boats literally sank. We saw Sam's attempted coup of Ash. He was trying to convince people to vote for her, but it ended up not really working out. In the banishment room, Guyton was kind of framed in a way, and there was a landslide banishment. Poor Guyton, off he went, telling us that he was a faithful and that everyone was a dum-dum. And we ended episode two with the traitors choosing between either Payden or Paul or Camille. So today we begin at breakfast. Ash arrives first. Um, She's very excited about Guyton's banishment yesterday, but she also said inside of her head is like a frog in a sock. 
This is the second time someone on this show has used that expression because uh, in episode one, my co-host Lindsay and I talked about this phrase. I don't think I've heard this phrase before. Have you heard this phrase, a frog in a sock? Never. I literally don't even know what it means, but <laughs> I must say, I love I love the wine liners from the contestants. Like Their confessionals are so good. Yes, there are some absolutely brilliant people in this season for some good one-liners. Uh, I think I need a new segment on the podcast just called Frog Watch, and it's just <laughs> it's just to alert that anytime someone uses this term like a frog in a sock, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's an Australian thing. Maybe it's a thing, and I just don't know it. Uh, Ashes, yeah, so what does it? What's that? What, what does it actually mean? The saying? It just means that you're like uh, panicked and anxious and really fraught. Like if you, I guess, if you put a frog in a sock it would be like jumping about and it couldn't escape that's i think that's just all it means it means very agitated um, there we go i might have to start using that from now on then <laughs> uh, ash is also very curious as to why guyton voted for her so at the banishment room he had her name written down and she wants to know what's behind this who has been throwing her name around uh, luke arrives next and Ash immediately confronts him. She's saying, why did people at the banishment say my name? Uh, why did Guyton say that, that Luke had mentioned you or had mentioned me? And then Luke, Luke just drops Sam in it. Luke just tells her, well, uh, it was Sam, if you must know. So Ash is absolutely I furious. I think right. that was really ballsy of him just to drop it like that. But I did watch his Australian Survivor seasons and he was like very iconic with his gameplay, like making these big moves. Yeah, of course. You you I'm assuming you've watched Australian Survivor because you're a reality TV person, so you'll be yeah, really I've familiar with it. them all. Okay. See I don't I yeah, watch Survivor. No, he, he did really well. He made it towards the end of the seasons in both of them that he did. Okay, okay. So uh, you you know a lot more about Luke than me, so maybe this makes sense for Luke. Uh, but these these are the moments in the traitors that I live for. People just <laughs> like revealing secrets and people finding out who's been talking about them. It's fantastic. Next at breakfast, Roha and Helen arrive. Roha is in pink, as are several of the other people at the table. Uh, we get a little interview with Roha. He says that his pink outfit is giving on Wednesdays we wear pink. Uh, this this is the first of more than one Mean Girls quote from Roha this episode. And then we get a little bit of his backstory. He says that he works in luxury retail. And he says, <laughs> if you're wearing flip-flops and jandals, it's a red flag. I don't know about you, Mikolai, do you know what a jandal is? No, literally no idea. It must be an Australian thing. I have done my research. I have looked up what a jandal is. So I'm going to tell you. I found uh, quite a lot about jandals online, actually. I found uh, an article on alohashoes.com. And the title of the article is Jandals. What are they? And it tells us. It's a contraction of sandal and what exactly? Some will claim that jandals are Jesus sandals. Others claim they're the less holy jail sandals, while a third group argues that jandals is a contraction of Japanese and sandals. Is it one? All three? It's time to settle the debate once and for all. I kind of then did read the whole rest of the article. It doesn't settle the debate once and for all. But anyway, jandal is a, apparently it's from New Zealand. It's some sort of New Zealand term for, for sandals of some sort. So there we go. Roha hates jandals. 
And I feel like now I'm going to I start using that. that. Literally, I love that we got to see a bit more of his personality because I feel like it only focused so much on, like, we see a lot of Ash and other certain people, whereas other characters, like, don't get a good enough edit to, like, learn from them. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to find out a little bit more about him uh, in this episode, so I like that too. So... Uh, Roe has at breakfast. He says that he doesn't trust Paul, which is quite surprising to me. I thought that everybody just universally really liked Paul, but Roja mentions he's not sure about him. Annabelle arrives. She's annoyed that she's not in pink, like Roja and Helen and Ash. Then Sam arrives, and there's just this great tension between Ash and Sam. Not that Sam realises it, because Sam is talking in his interview and he says, luckily, no one's really on to me. Ash doesn't know what's happening. How how little he knows. Um, and he still thinks that he's going to take her head off. It's like quite brutal language that he's using. Um, no, their rivalry, their rivalry really added something to these last two episodes. It is. I'm enjoying it so much, the rising tension between these two. Luke uh, reveals, he has an interview to the camera, and he says that he thinks Ash is a traitor, which I'm quite surprised at, because he says that's why he told her about Sam. He said, I, I actually do think she's a traitor, and he thinks that Sam's right. But he told Ash that it was Sam dropping her name in it because he wants to earn her trust. And I'm quite amazed. I'm like, how does he know? How does he... Because he's right. We know that he's right. But I don't know how he knows that Ash is a traitor or why he suspects that. Why do you think... Yeah, that... Sarah, in the very first episode, immediately thought Ash was a traitor too. Have you got any ideas why people think that so early? I... Th- I think it's because she comes from a reality TV background. So maybe these people have watched her on the show and have seen like how she maybe acts differently or something. I don't know, because I haven't watched her shows. When I watched the US one, a lot of the people already had like preconceived ideas of these reality TV stars and they could have figured it out easier than others. Yeah, I never thought of that. That's a very good point. And and I'm the same as you. I haven't seen Ash on any shows, so I don't know what she's normally like. But yeah, maybe they're seen her behave differently than she normally might on TV. So that's a good thought. Um, We see everybody arrive one by one. And the last three left, unsurprisingly, are Camille, Paul and Payden. And I'm saying unsurprisingly because those are the three names that the traitors seem to be talking about in Traitor's Tower at the end of the last episode. That's Sarah. Yeah, I really... Yeah, on you go. I, I, I really thought they'd stop doing that when, like, the last people to walk in are the ones that were like kind of the traitors thought about murdering because like if you're a super fan you would know that that kind of happens when you're watching it so i'm surprised annabelle or someone hasn't picked up on that yeah i spoke about this exact same thing in the last episode of the podcast i spoke about it at length actually because i'm really obsessed with it yeah i i don't know why they haven't changed this and you're right i I, because we know Annabelle's a super fan and she loves the traitors, I think she'll figure that out. But I also think that's that's a f- yeah because that's one of the first things I've picked up on. It's like wow, they're doing it again. Like they're just going to make it obvious. Yeah, and I think that if Annabelle notices that, she's also probably smart enough not to tell anyone. So I I wouldn't be surprised if she's realised the last couple of people who walk in are faithful. 
but she'll just keep that to herself to give herself a bit of an yeah. advantage. That's that's my. I thinking. wonder if she's. Yeah, I wonder if she's revealed to like the cast that she's a super fan, or if she's just keeping that like not to say as a target. Because I feel like that'd make her a target if she told them. Yeah, it's yeah because she's only spoken about it in her interviews to camera. So I'm, yeah, I don't know if she has told everybody else. Um, it'd be very interesting to see if it comes up in future episodes, unless she is gone by the end of this episode. Not that I'm spoiling anything. Who knows how long she's going to be around? Yeah. Uh, so Sarah at, at breakfast when she's waiting for the last three people, she says that she's got a gut feeling that Camille is a traitor. I'm not really sure why. She says it's just a gut feeling. We know that she's wrong. And then Paul arrives. I'm very shocked because Paul. I thought Paul would be the one to get murdered at the end of episode two of the podcast. I placed my bet on Paul. I said I thought Paul was going to go. I was wrong. Uh, and then next, Camille arrives. So we realise that Payden has been murdered and everyone seems a bit shocked. Did you? What did you think about that? Were you surprised it was Payton? Not particularly surprised? Um, I definitely saw it coming. Because if everyone thinks you're a faithful, that's it's a good motive for the traitors to kill you. You're not going to get banished. Yeah. But I did actually think it could have been Paul. So I think if it wasn't Paul this episode, it might be him in the upcoming episodes getting murdered. Yeah, I can see that too. Um. I'm just so surprised that everyone is so trusting of Payton after episode one when he was in this really weird situation with rumours and people mishearing something he'd said and him really having to defend himself. It's it's fascinating how quickly that has all been forgotten. So, yeah. Roger arrives, Roger's back, very casual again, and he does his usual where he makes a little joke. He says, we all wake up to the tragic news that we have one less dirt bike graphic designer in the world. Uh, I didn't know the hotel had a library in it because the library is open. What a read from Roger, just reading the murdered people to, people to filth. Um <laughs> He gives them a bit of a clue for about the mission, as he always does. He says that mourning will continue all day. And then, and then Sarah Sarah has this kind of like malfunction where she picks up on that and she's like, Morning, cemetery, cemetery, morning, 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 cemetery, morning. <laughs> she just keeps going on. It's like, okay, I think we got it, Sarah. Uh, and she's right. Yeah, it was a funny it was a funny segment from her to add into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some dirty editing on poor Sarah there. So we move on. We're in the cars, and the focus is on Ash. In Ash's car, she's talking to the others, and she says, I have a random little thought. And she mentions that she thinks Sam might be a traitor. But she's kind of acting like... She's sitting right beside Luke, and she's acting like, guys, you're not going to believe this. Like, hear me out. I think Sam might be a traitor. I know you're going to be shocked. But I'm like, well, it's not that surprising that you're saying Sam because there was clearly, like, like you just spoke to Luke at breakfast and Luke said, oh, yeah, it was Sam that said you were a traitor. So she's acting like people are going to be like, what? You're mentioning Sam? I can't, but it's, it's, not, it's not that surprising. Um, yeah, like, it was bound to happen that she would mention him. Like, it's either her or him going. So. I know. <laughs> So we arrive at the mission fairly quickly and it's in a church and we've seen this mission uh, in the UK and the US traitors 
they've also used it in New Zealand traitors. I just watched episode two of that. And they've got the, the similar task where it's set in a church. You've got people with masks on. You're given, the, the contestants are given clues by the host and they have to either follow a riddle or unsolve some sort of cryptic clue and find one of the people in the church who's holding an object or a key or a bar of silver or whatever it is. In this case, it's keys. Um, well, whilst as they arrive, there's this really weird thing where this character appears, like Daniel the Tailor, just appears from nowhere yeah. and starts measuring them. <laughs> like I was it, so confused when that happened. I was like, "What is going on?" I and it then was it wasn't a... even addressed later on. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a magician at first when he took the measuring tape out. I was like, oh, it's an illusionist. It's someone's going to do tricks. But no, he was just a character playing a tailor. It reminded me of Fergus from like the US Traitors. Remember they had this like caretaker yeah. Scottish character <laughs> yeah. who would just roam around and not speak. And yeah, so I thought, are they trying to incorporate that kind of thing? It was it was so strange. Yeah. Because yeah, this is a spoiler, I... Michelai, but Season one of Traitors Australia, Daniel is not there. Daniel is not a thing. So, oh, okay, yeah, it was definitely an unnecessary thing to add, like before the challenge. So strange. Uh, so the mission begins, and someone has to get in one of the coffins at the front of the church. Right, I promised in episode one I wasn't going to criticize every mission. Right, I'm not. So I'm going to try and hold back. I just don't get it. I don't understand the logic of like one of you's gonna get in a coffin and then we're gonna lock you in it right in front of everyone. And then everyone's gonna find keys to unlock you and get you back out again. I just think it's weird that they get in in front of everyone and it's just I don't know. I just thought I actually thought at first they would the coffins were there with locks on them, I thought the mission would be find the locks, open it, and you're going to find something inside. Either like, there's, I thought yeah. maybe one of the banished contestants was going to be inside or one of the murdered, but like Angelica returns from episode one or something. Uh, but yeah, they didn't do that. So. Yeah, that the challenge is actually something I wanted to ask you about because I read a lot about it on Twitter and people like, a lot of them say they're pointless. Like, what's your take on them? What do you think about them? I... <laughs> Again, I've made a vow this season to not be so critical and to be a bit more positive and understanding of the fact that a whole production crew had to set up these challenges and they had to take time over them and put in lots of effort and skill. So I don't want to completely tear them down. However, <laughs> they are the most uninteresting part of the episodes for me. So I, I understand why they're there, because I think, well, you need... I think the whole episode can't just be people in a house talking. Like they need something yeah. else that's different. So, and so the purpose of the task, I think, is to like build up the the prize fund, but also create a bit of camaraderie between them and make them feel like they're a team. Because I think that psychologically, that then makes them closer to one another which then amplifies yeah, how sure. tense the banishment room becomes because they've all become really good friends and they think that they've been working as a team. So I, I get, and, and it's an opportunity for what the winning team to win, win a shield from the armory now. So I understand why the, the missions are there. I just don't 
really care about them? What do you think about the missions? Yeah, I'm exactly like that. Like, I'm not bothered. Like, if I could, I'd probably skip them. But I guess you do find more about find out more about the dynamics and like the friendships and stuff. But I wish there was just more of like an excitement or like a purpose to them. Like, maybe if they had like four shields on offer, or I don't know, something just to spice it up a bit. Like. And I don't like how they're like reusing the same challenges across all, all the seasons, like <laughs> the international ones. I'm starting to get a bit bored of them. Yeah, I, I agree. I've seen this mission. This is literally the fourth time I've seen this mission across different versions. So it would be nice if it was something a little bit different. I, I just saw the the Polish TV announced that they're having a traitor's Poland. Uh... So I'm hoping that that spices up. I don't know, they do some different challenges. And actually someone in my um, hometown like, that lives on my street um, got casted for the show, so I'm excited to find out all the gossip from them. Yes, you must tell me all about it. Um, I kind of think the I, I would it would become a different show. I guess this would be stealing from other TV shows like The Mole, but... I think the mission. I would like the missions more if the traitors had to like actively sabotage them. If if the traitor, if yes. there's a mission, but then the traitors had a secret mission to do something, because I, then it would be a bit more sneaky. And I love that about them all. I think that's a good thing that they've done it to like incorporate that in that show to like make them a bit more interesting. Yeah, it would also give everyone more. They always talk about evidence and the traitors like. And they don't really have any evidence of anything ever. So I think if the traitors were actively doing something like sabotaging missions, the other players could, they, then they're looking for something and they're trying to spot behaviours that people have. Uh, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think that I think the lack of evidence, like in the arguments, frustrates me. It's like they'll say, yeah, I think Ash is a traitor, but they don't, they don't say anything to back it up. And it's just like word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. And we see a lot of that coming up in this episode later as well. Uh, so we're we're in the church, we're in the coffin mission that I've complained a little bit about. Uh, I laughed so much at Sarah when she she goes first for her team. She has to walk to the confessional where Roger's going to read uh, a riddle. She says that she walks to the confessional in her Kath and Kim power walk. Have you ever watched Kath and Kim, Mikolai? No, I haven't. Okay. Do you know what Kath and Kim is? No. Okay, I'm gonna. I realize this is not a visual podcast. But I'm gonna do something right now just for McLeay. Brb. I McLeay. I am holding up some DVDs, and McLeay can confirm that I'm not lying. This is Kath and Kim. I have all of Kath and oh. Kim. This is a DVD. Is it's this shows you how old I am? Um, Kath and Kim is an Australian sitcom all about a mother and daughter character called Kath and Kim. It's very um, r deliberately cheesy and over the top and camp and manic uh, and uh, very funny comedy characters. So that's what Kath and Kim is. Uh, well, so... It seems like something that's my <laughs> cup of tea, so I might definitely have to watch it. I'll put it on my to-watch list. Definitely. It's very, it's funny because it's, it's probably... <laughs> 15 years old now um, I wonder if it would feel really dated if someone watched it now they would be like what is this this is so strange but um, it's very sort of niche but I love it anyway 
Back to the traitors. Uh, so Sarah is walking like uh, she's doing Catherine Kim power walk. Uh, she struggles to remember the riddle <laughs> that Roger gives her. She sort of immediately forgets it. Um, they they find the objects. They blah blah blah. They do a mission. They find things. They win some money. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, something I did notice was <laughs> when it's Ash's turn to be like the finder, she walks. <laughs> She figures out that the the answer to one of the riddles is an anchor, and she finds someone who's got like a little anchor on their ring, I think, and she just goes, "Have you got the key?" Like really, really assertively, like so unnecessarily assertively. I think Ash probably says everything really assertively. Like I think just like meeting Ash in the street, she'd be like, "Hello, how are you?" Um, like in a coffee shop, she'd just be like, "Can I have tea?" Uh, so I think that's probably quite normal for her. Um, and I think that makes a, a good casting decision for the show. Like, it just, uh, like I'm laughing every time I see her. <laughs> I'm also laughing at Roha and Annabelle in this mission. Uh, so I don't, I don't really care about the mission itself, but I do love all of, like you said earlier, all of their little punchlines and gags. Um, the yeah. <laughs> like Roha wins one of the one of the objects, and he's like struts back down the aisle. Um, in a very flamboyant fashion. Annabelle has some great lines while she's lying in the coffin. She says that Mama needs her shield. She's wondering if her angle is flattering. <laughs> she, she even says at the end, she's like, I really didn't need to put a sports bra on for this. <laughs> Which made me laugh an awful lot. No, I love Annabelle. Like When I see her, she's the type of like player I want to be when I go on one of these shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she would make it a lot of fun because it's it must be such a tense situation to be in, so stressful. So Annabelle delivering these little lines, that would be nice to be around, I think. And her outfits are on point as well. I love them. It's so extra, but so good. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the mission, the blue team wins. And do you notice, like... Sarah leaps towards the coffin as if Annabelle is literally buried alive and is dying. Like she like launches over to like desperately unlock it. It's like Annabelle's been in there for 20 minutes. Like I think she'll be fine for another five seconds. It's okay. At the end of it, then Roger tells them they've won uh, $16,000, which means that the total prize fund at this point is $72,000 and that the blue team will go to the pointless in my opinion, armory. And off they go. So the next scene is the armory. Um, it's, it's, do you know what? It's kind of a shame now to get into the armory. They just like, you just see them prizing the door open with their bare hands. Like first episode, we got yeah. a magical Roger pulling the book on the shelf and he does the key on the piano. None of that now. Roger's like, I'm not doing that every time. So now they just have to pull the door <laughs> open themselves. <laughs> Um, whilst we see them all go into the armory and try and find the shield, Ash Ash's voiceover is sort of overlaying the scene. She's still talking about Sam. She's freaking out. She wants to get to the bottom of it. She says she can't stop thinking about it. And it's Liam who gets the shield. Um, and they've obviously now just agreed amongst themselves, we'll just do what we did that first episode. Whoever gets the shield, don't tell anyone you've got it we'll all agree to just keep it one big secret. Because Liam gets the shield, he's really excited, but walks out of the armory with like a completely straight face and he's not reacting. Yeah. 
So they've obviously just ex- agreed that's what they're going to do now. And I, I spoke about it so much in the last episode, right? So I'm not going to do it again. I just want it to be known that I really hate this. Um, what do you think about the shield, Maclay, and what they do with the shield? I initially thought it was a good concept, but now that they've just come up with this strategy, I'm not here for it. Like, it's just too repetitive. Like, I wish there was a way you could, like, mix it up. Like, I don't know what what I'd like instead, but because now they're just going to keep doing this every season, like the same strategy with it. Yeah. And the thing that also annoys me about it is, and I said I wasn't going to go on about it, but here I go. It's not just that they've got this strategy that, makes the shield a little bit pointless it's it's the fact that the the program itself like the episode then just never mentions it again so so liam has got the shield and it's never mentioned again in the rest of the episode like when they get to we get to traitor's tower at the end and the and the traitors are talking about who they want to murder next there's no mention of them saying oh we need to keep in mind that somebody's got a shield they just they just don't talk about it. So it just makes me think, why bother doing the shield if it's never referenced again the whole rest of the episode? It just feels so yeah. throwaway now. I'll stop talking. Yeah, that is so true. No, but I agree with that. I think it's so true. Like, if they are going to do it, they should acknowledge it more. But actually thinking about it now, because I watch Survivor, I feel like a cool twist for, like, the shield would be, like, the winning team maybe does, like, an individual challenge and then the person who like succeeds in that gets the shield. Uh, everyone knows about it, but it adds that like competitive element, and it like give more clues to like who the faithfuls are because obviously they're really gonna want to win this. Yeah, well, Mikalai, you're gonna love Australia season one because that is exactly what they do in season one of the Traitors Australia. So this is, and again, I'm not going to do any spoilers in case anyone's not seen it. Um, But I don't think that's a spoiler to say that. That's how the S.H.I.E.L.D. operates in Season 1 of Traitors Australia. They actually, they do their silver mission, as always, and they they win some silver bars and they add to the prize one. But then they do a second, completely separate mission that's just to win the S.H.I.E.L.D. So whoever wins it, wins it in front of everybody and they all see who's won it, Um, which I like so much more. And the difference in Season 1 is, which they've changed now and I don't like it, in season one of Traitors Australia, the shield protected you from murder and from being banished. So people couldn't vote for you at the round table either. Um, and that played out oh, see, really interestingly. That is so good. Okay, now I'm definitely, after we finish recording this, I'm going to start watching season <laughs> one then. Yes. Hooray, I've succeeded. You're going to love it. It's amazing. Um, anyway, after the pointless armory, we see some discussions around the hotel. And the, the the whole discussions are basically Sam versus Ash. Um, they are literally talk. Each each of those two is literally talking to different groups about one another at the same time. Like we have a shot where, like in the foreground, we've got Ash talking to some people, and in the background, there's Sam talking to some other people, and they're both talking about one another. Um, Sarah says that she's hearing Ash's name and she's hearing Hannah's name. Uh, and Sam just says to her, no, Ash is gone. Um, it, uh, sorry, he says, no, Hannah's gone. He's, he's like, no, we're not doing Hannah. Like he's just decided, no, 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 that's we're not, we're, that's not happening. Uh, it's It makes it really clear to me, they are working as like a herd. Like they're just working as a collective. Yeah. 
no one seems to want to just vote according to their own personal thoughts. It's it's really really tactical, um, and it seems to just they're they're all going to vote based on a group consensus. Um, they they just yeah. seem to have agreed on that. It's it's really tricky. So Ash clearly knows what Sam is doing. Like she she's in an interview, she's saying she knows that he's going around and talking about her, but she says this will be his undoing. And she tells some of the others, look, Sam lied right to my face. She says, I asked him the other day, did you mention me and say that I could be a traitor? And he said no. Uh, Ash, Roha and Helen, uh, they seem to be a little group. Like they, I've noticed they were in another episode all sort of sitting outside together. So it seems like they are have become friends. They get on well. They're spending a lot of time with one another. So Helen goes off on Ash's bidding. Like She sort of is like... A, a member of Ash's crew, and she's like, right, I'm going to go out and see what I can do. So she starts going around, seeing if she convinced people to vote for Sam. Um, the, the Sam versus Ash battle continues. I noticed that Sarah has completely switched away from Ash now. In episode one, yeah. one of the first things she said was that she thought Ash was a traitor. But now she seems to have changed her mind, and I'm not really sure why. I think because she was so much on the radar in episode one, I think she needs to like lay low for a few more days and then like pop off again. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's part of her strategy that she's just like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything bad about anyone. I'm just gonna keep to myself. Yeah, it, it could just be strategy. Because I know this isn't about an epi- about episode one, but I really did think she was gonna go home episode one, so I'm surprised to see her still in. I know, I know. It was so close at that point. She was getting all these votes and now no one seems to be talking about her. So she's maybe she's right not to put her head above the parapet. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, Annabelle says, Annabelle's talking to Sam and a few others, and she's in her interview saying that she's just sick of whatever is going on. She she really is getting stressed out about it. She doesn't understand. And Sam starts getting really aggressive. He's talking to Annabelle. He's yeah. trying to get her to vote for Ash. He, he starts swearing. And she's, he, she's not, Annabelle's not having it by the looks of it, but I found it a bit uncomfortable, actually. Sam is getting really domineering. And Luke even says, look, if you're pushing too hard, you're a traitor. So even Luke seems to think, that Sam needs to calm down. Did did you like? Did you feel that way? 
Yeah, I thought he was almost like rude when he was set. Like, I don't know, I wouldn't have it. And it literally painted the target on him. Like, that's exactly what a trick. Like, he was just pushing it way too hard, way too much. Yeah, yeah. Annabelle and Luke then have a secret team up of their own. So they've, they go off to a little room and they definitely know that something weird is happening. They, they, they're like, why are Sam and Ash at each other? Something is not right. And Annabelle says... Look, if we all vote for Ash and she is banished and she is a traitor, that just makes me think Sam is a traitor too. And this is exactly what I said in the last episode when Sam tried to get Ash out. So Annabelle's definitely, you know, she's on to, she's on the right track. We know that she's very clever. So she's figuring, she knows something is very not right here at all. We then move into the banishment. Oh, sorry, sorry. On you go. Yeah, and definitely with everything that they're saying, like, if Annabelle's watched the show, she would have seen, like, Alyssa and Wilf go at it. Like, it's almost like a similar situation to what's happened before. So she would have easily clocked onto that and be like, yeah, this is happening here again. Yeah, de- she. the fact that she has seen other versions is definitely an advantage for her, I feel. So we move... Oh, I was also going to... <laughs> no, it's okay. I was also going to ask because she said she's watched all the traitors' podcasts. Do you think she's listened to yours as well? She has one hundred percent listened to this podcast. Uh, yes, I've spoken. Actually, I spoke to Annabelle online, and Annabelle uh, was following the podcast before she was on the show, before any trailers or promo had been released. So, I spoke a little bit to, to Annabelle on Instagram not realising that she was then going to be a contestant in the next season. Oh. So that was really exciting. Um, so hopefully Annabelle will come on the podcast for an interview at some point. So fingers crossed that we, we can make that happen. So we move on to the banishment room. Uh, and it's it's Roger winds them up as usual. He starts off by saying, you know, are you happy with the course you're on? He's reminding them that so far they've gotten rid of Too Faithful. And as soon as Roger finishes speaking, Ash jumps right in. She says, I'd like to start if I may. So it's, it's going to be a tense one already. We can feel that this is, is going to be quite a hectic banishment room. She tells everyone, look, when I'm speaking, don't look at me. Look at the person I'm speaking to and look at the reactions. And she turns right on Sam. Uh, and she, well, she says, you know, you've been talking about me. It makes me think you're a traitor. And she just asks him, Sam, are you a traitor? And of course, he swears blind. He says, I swear to God, I'm a faithful, 100%. I'm not lying. I I think he lies pretty well. But like Ash says, well, yeah, a traitor would say that. I, and that's the, that's the thing in this game. There's, there's not really much point in asking people, tell us you're a faithful, tell us you're not a traitor. Because... You know, everyone's going to... I don't think a traitor is... Unless they're a really bad actor or they're incredibly anxious, they're probably not going to crumble and just say, okay, you got me, yes, I am a traitor. Everyone's going to do their best to lie. See, if I think if I went on the show, I would definitely crumble. I'm a bad liar. (laughs) I would would literally be like, yeah, I'm a traitor. Just banish me and I'd start crying and leave. Well, then maybe they wouldn't choose you as a traitor. Maybe they would see that in you and be like, Michelin needs to be faithful. He can't handle it. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, no, but that whole interaction around like the round table was giving, like it was heated, it was everything I wanted it to be and more. Like when she told him to shut up, I was so gagged. I was like, no way she did that. I know, yeah. Um, yeah, the Sam just keeps interrupting, she just tells him to shut up, but then Sam uses that to his advantage and he's like, oh well, there's the true Ash coming out. Um, and Ash brings up the fact that he had lied to her face. She says, I asked you if you had put my name out there and you said you hadn't, so you're a liar. And she says, she says, Luke and Hannah um, told me that you have been mentioning my name. And then Sam adds in this whole extra thing that I think, is a, I still think he was lying. He says, does Hannah know you're trying to do a blindside on her? And Hannah's like, what? what? Uh, it's just so confusing. I'm like, is Sam just completely making this up or what? Um, he, I just realized, I think I was calling Hannah Helen earlier. Were you like, who's Helen? Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. I was I'm about sorry, to Hannah. say it, but then no. <laughs> no, I thought it was my bad. I was like, oh, did I just not remember a contestant's name? But I was like, let me just not embarrass myself and be like, hey, Helen. <laughs> I could just pretend that Helen is another contestant. No, there's sorry, everyone listening. There's no such person called Helen in the show. I just invented a new character. I meant Hannah, and I'm only now realizing, oh, she's called Hannah, not Helen. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, um, Sam's saying that, uh, and, and I was saying, oh, Ash, you're trying to blindside Hannah. You're trying to get people to vote for Hannah. But actually, it was Sam who was trying to do that, right? He was saying to people, well, it's either going to be Ash or Hannah, and that's who we have to vote for. Yeah, I don't know. I found that whole situation, like Hannah said, very confusing. Like, I didn't know what was going on and who said what. Yeah, it gets so messy and so juicy. And like you said, it's I love, as a viewer, I'm absolutely loving it. But I can imagine if I was there in person as a contestant, this would be so uncomfortable. It would just be incredibly intense. I wouldn't know where to look. I would just want it to end. It must be so uncomfortable. Definitely. But amazing. Even when I think his name, even when I think, I think his name's Roha when he was like, roll the tapes. I was like, what? What is going on? <laughs> he did. He was like, yep, yeah, they've got it on tape. Um, in fact, he steps in next. Roha steps in. <laughs> And he tries to turn it back on Sam, um, and he lands him right in it. And he's like, no, 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 Sam. You were the one who was plotting against Hannah. I heard you. You're lying right now. So everyone is so mixed up and confused. Um, Gloria actually speaks up. And we don't, we've not really seen much of Gloria, but she speaks a bit of sense. And she says, I feel like actually now I shouldn't be telling anyone who I'm going to vote for, because this is what ends up happening. It's chaos. And she says, from now on, I'm just going to vote with my gut. And Paul agrees with that. He says, yeah, I'm just going to play my own game. I'm not doing this. So you kind of get the impression that maybe all the plans are just out the window. All these plans that Sam and Ash have tried to set up, maybe maybe everyone is just going to abandon it now because this has been such a messy yeah. discussion. If I was in that situation... After everything they said, I'd be so confused who to vote for. I'd probably end up giving someone a random burn vote and be like, yep, yeah, I'm just voted for you because <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I mean, as I was watching it, I, again, we're obviously seeing things from a very different perspective and we 
are very biased because we know who the traitors are. I feel like I would have found Sam the most suspicious there. I feel like I would have voted for him over Ash. I just felt like she... I actually thought she defended herself better. I thought she came across... Obviously, they're both lying, but I thought she seemed the most kind of... um, like she was very honestly defending herself, whereas Sam was 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 like revealing that he was lying about certain things based on what other people yeah. were jumping in and saying. Uh, so yeah, he he was he, he was more messy than she was, like in, in regards to everything. Yeah, I thought so. So the voting starts, and we begin with Roha, and we move around the table. Um, we. We reach a point where Sam has two votes, Camille has one, Ash has four, Sarah has a vote from Hannah, which is really strange, I thought. Ian has one vote, which seems to come from nowhere because Ian hasn't really featured. He's been very much in the background in the edit, as his key. Yeah, when they... When they voted for Ian and Keith, I was confused as to who they were. I was like, I do not know who this person is. <laughs> yeah, it's really we. There's obviously some reason someone has voted for them, but we just the focus has been so much on Sam and Ash this episode. We have really not had much time to get any insight into anyone else. So Ian and Keith get a vote each, and then we reach Blake. So this could be a really important turning point because Blake is also a traitor. So we want to know, is he going to vote for one of his fellow traitors? Is he going to vote for someone else entirely? And he reveals his vote, and he has sided with Sam. He has also voted for Ash. He's turned on her. And the votes continue, and by the time we get to the end of the table, Sam has two votes, Camille has one, Sarah has one, Ian has one, Keith has one, and Ash ends up with eight votes. I was really surprised. I thought it would be much more evenly split between Sam and Ash. So I, yeah, I, I thought, were you? Yeah, I did too. I, maybe because I'm biased and I like Ash so much, I really thought the votes were going to go for Sam and not for her. Yeah. I I was really surprised when just slate after slate, it was turned over and it was Ash, Ash, Ash. I, I didn't see it going that way. Sam is obviously delighted. We get a shot of him with a big smile on his face. I can't believe he's pulled this off. So we know, right? She's banished. She's about to get up and reveal her status. I I truly didn't think this was going to happen. I thought Sam was had, had really created trouble for himself and he was going to either be out himself or just that his plan wasn't going to work and people weren't really going to vote for Ash. So I was, I was yeah, so already- surprised. Yeah, because he already tried it last episode with this plan. It didn't work once, but I guess he had to try again and it did this time. But I really didn't see it coming. Yeah. Also, before we talk about the reveal, (laughs) what's with all the white pens not working properly? Like, did you notice that they were like all leaking and stuff? Like, I think Sam's (laughs) and Luke's just had big white splodges on their slate. Someone's getting fired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no literally but I wonder what it would add to the game say if the voting was like secret would you think that would change anything like if it was like anonymous voting yeah, oh yeah I think it would definitely change things because people would be much yeah I, I think it would actually be an entirely different game Um, I guess like like Big Brother 
work well big brother in the uk works on a secret voting basis um if you if in the traitors you could vote anonymously you would be under such less pressure to vote with the group you would you would definitely be freed up to be more honest about who who you really thought were the traitors and not have to worry about being targeted by the traitors the traitors themselves would probably turn on each other much easier without the fear yeah that it's not going to work and there's going to be heat on them so yeah i think it would be a, a completely different game if the voting worked that way which could be yeah i think fascinating yeah, I think that's something they can definitely explore in like future seasons and see if that could work. Yeah, even if I would love it if maybe just for one episode in a season, Roger or the host, whoever they are, announces in today's banishment, you're all going to vote in secret, and I'll reveal who's got the most votes. That, just just as a one-off, to, that would I think that would really throw things off. That would be really really yeah, like I said, yeah, like I think what they're missing is it's like little twists like every few episodes because i watch australian survivor and every few episodes the host just comes up with these weird twists that we've never seen before and it just adds some excitement to the viewers as opposed to being just like a repetitive format i mean it's still good because i love the show but i do want to see them like head in slightly different directions like explore new things like maybe if they did like a themed season Mm -hmm. like where people were like relate related or something and like all go on the show together yeah, I think that's inevitable that as it goes on, they will add in twists and changes and they'll introduce new rules and they'll do things differently in some way. Yeah, I think it will reach the point. They'll they'll want to keep the viewers interested and so on. So we know that Ash is going to be banished. She stands up. She reveals the truth that she is a traitor. They go absolutely wild, of course. They're so excited. They're jumping around the room and they're screaming. To get a traitor at the third banishment, I think, is pretty good. Although, I I would say, I feel like they figured it out the wrong way, if there is a wrong way. I feel like they only got Ash out because of Sam. I don't think they figured anything out on their own. Like I don't think Ash did anything that was particularly suspicious. I think Sam was just really aggressive in his campaign against her. So it's it's mm. strange to sort of reward them for that. No, I 100% agree with that because they were also happy to get a traitor, but I don't think any of them actually put forward a case for Ash except Sam. So definitely, I don't know how they would like, they'll probably think they've done so well, they can get one out again, but I feel like it's going to be hard for them. Yeah, and I suppose I didn't even talk about that 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 was Sam's justification. He said that he thought Ash was a traitor at the banishment room because her personality changed so much. He said when Ash arrived on the first day, she behaved one way, but after the selection of the traitors, then she became very different. And she also behaves differently during the challenges. But then when we come back to the hotel, she doesn't behave like that. So he, he was trying to pin it on that, that she changed her, her demeanour too much from situation to situation and he thought that that meant she wasn't very genuine um, and I guess they believed it, they, they went along with it I guess all it takes is like one comment that could be a lie or anything and just change people's heads and they'll be like yep, this is the way we're going to go and that's all it took for them to vote Ash. Yeah, yeah, it worked and we see Ash in a, a little interview in the in the car as she leaves the house 
She says that she can't believe her fellow traitors threw her under the bus because Sam and Blake both voted for her. And she thinks that Sam has damned himself, that he'll be his own undoing now. And I agree. I I can't see this working out well for Sam in the long run. I And I haven't seen any further episodes, so I really don't know what's going to happen. I just think, like Annabelle and Luke earlier in the episode, they thought that there was something really fishy going on. I just think people will start to question Sam and think, why were you so confident about Ash? How did you do that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I can't imagine him lasting all the way to the end of the season now. What do you think? Yes, I stand by that 100%. Like, and what she said was the truth because, like you said, we saw Annabelle and Luke being sus of him already. Like, everyone's just going to look towards him. Like, I'll be surprised if he's not banished in, like, the next three episodes. <laughs> yeah. um, you, could, you could see that he, like, he he said in the confessional he wants all the money for himself. Like, I feel like he's going to try and get Blake out as well. Like, he's in it to win all of it. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was going to mention because we go to Traitor's Tower and it's now, of course, it's only Sam and Blake who are left. Um, and Sam is saying to Blake, Oh, that was amazing. We we can win this together. We can see this through to the end. And I think, how can Blake possibly trust him now? If I was Blake, I would be looking at Sam thinking, like, I, I can never believe anything you say to me now. If you did that to Ash so soon, you are going to do the same thing to me at some point. So that's also a, a mistake of Sam's, I think, that he's maybe not realised, that he's he's made himself so untrustworthy to his fellow traitor. And that's not good. Exactly. But I think the only thing that makes it better is that I think they were sitting outside and he did tell Blake that he was going to vote for Ash. So he gave him the heads up. So I guess that makes him seem a little bit more trustworthy and like showing to Blake that he does want to work with him. Yeah, that is true. That's a good point. So they started to talk about who they might murder tonight. They go through a couple of names. They talk about Paul again. They were considering him last episode. They mentioned Simone the wrestler. Uh, we haven't seen much of her at all since she won the shield in the first two episodes, but she's really yeah. not featured much. Um, and I, I, I'm a bit sad about that because I wish we get to see more of her because I think she looks so stunning. Like, oh, I just wish we can see some more like confessionals and just hear more from her. Yeah, but she she must be a really fascinating character. She's got this really unusual career. Um, she's lived in the states and Australia. She's moved back and forth. Like she's probably very. She's got a huge following online. I bet she's really really interesting because she's a wrestler. She's probably you know used to performing and being in front of an audience. So she probably would be really charismatic. I imagine. And based on that, it makes me think that she is not going to get murdered in the next episode, because I think she's got more of a story to tell. <laughs> well, as it turns out, there might be no murder at all, because whilst they're discussing her, Roger arrives, and he, I, as soon as he walks in, I kind of predict what's about to happen. He tells them uh, he is very surprised that they managed to kill one of their own so early, and then he tells them that they have options. He says, you can go ahead like before and murder someone tonight, or you could try to recruit or seduce a faithful and bring someone else into your team. Uh, he leaves them with that option and episode three ends right there. 
What do you think, Mikolai? Do you think the two remaining traitors are going to go ahead and murder someone, or do you think they will try and recruit a new traitor tonight? I think based on Sam's confession or how he wants the money to himself, I do not think they're going to recruit. I think they're going to murder. Unless Blake wants to wants to recruit and could sway um, Sam, because obviously Sam just like persuaded him to banish Ash, then in return Blake could be like, okay, well, I agreed to that, so maybe let's recruit someone. But I don't think they will. What about you? I don't think they will either. I, I'm on the same page as you. I th I think it's so, I mean, it was so early to get rid of a traitor anyway. I don't see them then immediately replacing her. Like, I think they'll, they would, if, if I was a traitor in their situation, I think I would be quite happy with just the two of us because it means there's, there's now just a chance to get rid of a bunch more faithfuls from the game. Um, although I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, unless... They do what we've seen in other seasons of The Traitors, where they deliberately recruit a, a, someone else to be a traitor who they then they already know they're going to turn on. So they sort of just use someone yeah. as cannon fodder. Like they're like, let's uh, let's recruit who's someone else that people are suspicious of. Oh, people are quite suspicious of Sarah. Let's recruit her, make her a traitor, and then just get everyone to vote her out because it'll be quite easy because they are already suspicious of her. And then we'll look amazing again because we got another traitor out. So, so they might just use somebody short term. Yeah, I think if they were to recruit, that's exactly what they would do. I think it's a good strategy if they did that. Yeah, I, I was wrong in my last bet in the last episode when I bet that Paul would go and he didn't go. But my my bet is they will murder again rather than recruit. And I think this time I'm going to stick with Paul. I'm going to say. They're going to murder Paul. So if if they do murder someone, what are your what are your thoughts? Who do you think they might go for? Yeah, I'm going to back you on that. And I think if they thought about Paul last night, it's going to be him tonight. Yes, uh, I think I don't know. I think he's too popular, and everyone likes him. Although someone in this episode did say the it was Roja said he was suspicious of Paul, but. I think generally he's really likable and and he's probably not going to get banished. So murder might be the yeah. only way to get rid of him. We shall see. Now, we have almost reached the end and we have been playing a game between ourselves. Before we finish our game and conclude our own banishment, Mikolai, where can we find you online and how can we find out more about your upcoming podcast? Okay, so I've got an Instagram account for the podcast. Um, it's called Spilling underscore Reality, I think. Yeah. And then you can also find my personal account. It's Nikolai Mac. And I post a lot of travel content, although I don't travel a lot. But I do just take a lot of content when I go, <laughs> so it makes it seem like I've been away for so long. Like I'm still posting now from Belgium and I went there a month ago. <laughs> Yeah, I, I noticed your Belgian pictures and I thought, oh, wow, he's just, he's literally just returned. Oh, my goodness, he's back from Belgium. But um, yes, all your pictures look fantastic. It looks like you've been in some really, really cool places. Now, Thank you. we've been playing the Trader Traitor. So we've been trying to lie to one another throughout this episode. I will confess that I lied to you. Mikolai, 
did you tell me a lie? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any guesses as to what I lied to you about? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't admit, because I didn't watch Australian Traitor season one, but I do think it's with the shield twist that they do a challenge to like win it when you said that. I don't think they did that. Well, I can reveal that not watching Traitors Australia season one has damned you because I was not lying. That was the truth. That really does happen oh. in the Traitors Australia. So there you go. That's true. Yeah, they they have oh. a separate mission for the to win the shield. They win it in front of everybody. Uh, it, it protects you from murder and banishment. All true. No lies. I'll tell you what my lie was. Um. I, I snuck it in quite early. Uh, I was talking about breakfast and I said that Roha arrived and he had a mean girl's coat. He said, I'm wearing pink. It's giving Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, we were pink. And then I lied and I said, oh, this is the first mean girl's coat in the episode. But I said that Roha quotes mean girls again more than once. And I made that up. He doesn't ever mention mean girls again in the rest of the episode. So... That was oh, that is that is that is so subtle. Like I wouldn't have guessed <laughs> that. That is really good. I'll give you that. As for your lie, I I made a couple of notes while we were talking, uh, and I think I made a decision about what I want to guess. I think you lied and said something about. Um, the traitors Poland and you said that one of your neighbours who lived in your street was going to be a cast <laughs> member is that a lie? yeah <laughs> well done <laughs> I really thought I could have had you over that one <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was just maybe too good to be true I thought surely not that would be a huge coincidence Is it? Tr- did you make up the whole thing is there going to be a Traitors Poland? Yeah, there is. I actually would have okay. applied, but I didn't know. And there isn't a cast announced either yet. But for all I could know, <laughs> one of my neighbours could be on it. They could be. No, Do you know what? If one of your neighbours ends up being a contestant, then I'll I'll take this back. I'll say that, you know, technically it wasn't a lie. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michaelai, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It was great to have you to talk about episode three of The Traitors Australia. Have you had a nice time? Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been so fun. It got me distracted from thinking about uni. I will deal with all of that tomorrow again. But no, I love talking about the show. Like, I just love being that super fan, watching them, talking about them, tweeting, like doing everything about the shows. Excellent. I I relate to that very, very much. And I feel quite guilty. I know I've like taken you away from like packing and doing really important things. So I'm sorry about that. No, it's okay. <laughs> I chose to delay that anyway. <laughs> I will talk to you again, I'm sure, all about the traitors and keep up with you online. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Hello, faithful Trader listeners. Thank you for joining me for the episode three deep dive with my brand new guest co-host, Mikolai Michkoviak. How sweet is he? An angel from heaven and Manchester and Poland and Belgium. Before we finish, 
I'm going to take a moment for something I've never explicitly said before, but maybe I should have. This is my Jerry's final thought. I talk all about every episode of The Traitors. I talk about the contestants. Sometimes I'm critical about features of episodes or of contestants' choices and behaviours and gameplay. It's never personal though. I'm not ripping anyone's characters to shreds or being cruel or nasty about them. The Traitors is a reality show, yes, but a reality show is not real life. Far from it. The Traitors is a game show, the operative word being game. The people taking part have signed up to play with the hopes of winning a prize. This applies to contestants who end up being chosen as faithfuls as well as traitors. The show's aesthetic and script and mechanisms play on the idea of villainy and deception. The words murder and traitor have been chosen for a reason. They have sinister connotations and are designed to make us feel like the people playing traitors are villains. Conversely, the term faithfuls is designed to influence us and see these players as good and pure. Even the term banish suggests the faithfuls are carrying out a worthy and righteous act and ridding the house of evil. None of that is real. These people sign up to a game show, appear on set and are told to follow instructions. Neither the faithful nor the traitors choose their role, they're assigned them. From that point on, their only alternative to playing along is to quit. Immediately forego all the time and effort it took to get here, all the plans they've made, the rearrangements in their personal lives. It's no surprise that no one does that. The reason I'm saying all this is because I've spotted various ridiculously callous and cruel comments online about some of the players, usually who end up as traitors. I'll reiterate, it is a game. It's not real life. If you are personally furious at a traitor for deceiving a faithful, then you're implying that you'd rather they didn't take part in the role they were given, didn't play the game, and therefore you don't actually want to watch the traitors. You want a completely different TV programme. Some of these comments are appearing on the podcast's YouTube page. Again, I love talking about the show and its contestants, but I'm not making personal attacks on the players. I don't know them. I only know how they've played a game. Calling a contestant cold, heartless, cruel, saying they have crocodile tears and that their desire to start a family is a sob story is so unnecessary. One comment referred to Alex from Australia season one as scum and despicable. This person's saying this on the internet for everyone to read, so I'm assuming they can't have any objection to me mentioning it here. By the way, listeners, please don't find this person and retaliate. I think some people forget, and I've said this on the podcast, that the faithful are playing a game too. They're playing the same game. They too want to win money at all costs. They too want to rid other players from the game. Sometimes that involves lying. They too have a mechanism to make other players leave empty-handed. Their aim is the same as the traitors. They've just been assigned different means by which to achieve it. So it's hypocritical to say vicious things about a traitor murdering a faithful, but to then praise faithfuls for banishing a traitor. They are essentially doing the same thing as one another. 
In conclusion, it's TV, don't be an asshole. P.S. Every one of the contestants, including the traitors I've spoken to from the Aussie, UK and US seasons, has been nothing but friendly, open to conversation, great fun, so generous with their time, and not just when I've pressed the record button. Anyway, you can keep up to date with the podcast and traitors updates on Instagram at the Tradar Podcast or on X at the Tradar Pod, or you can email me at the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. You can also help me keep the podcast even existing by visiting coffee.com slash Matthew Keeley. The link is in the description for the episode. And you could make a teeny weeny donation or a hefty one if you like. It's a one-off gift, not a subscription or anything like that. Episode 4 will be with you in less than a week. So until then, thanks so much for listening, especially to my diatribe, and stay faithful. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.